0: What is going on, pigskin profit listeners? This is Bryce back with episode two. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who tuned in to last episode uh, for giving me a chance. Uh, if you were my friend, family, if you saw it on uh, Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, um, I appreciate that. And uh, for listening to the last episode and then giving this another chance because it is something new, it's not something I've done before but if you enjoy it then i appreciate it and i would appreciate the feedback. Uh, I believe there's a way on Spotify you guys can leave comments and stuff like that um for suggestions and just different ways that you can go about, you know, telling me what i need to do better or even give me ideas because there are ideas in my head but uh not everything i can do by myself. So if there is a way that you guys could um Give me suggestions or something like that. That'd be greatly appreciated. But uh, well, and if you're new to this ep- or you're new to this podcast, then I hope you enjoy and share with your friends. You know stuff like that, so I can try and get some of those things in the works uh, going. So because when you don't have much of an audience, it's kind of hard to do certain things and get certain people. But uh, let's get started from there. Um, before we get started though, I do wanna give a special shout out to one of my friends um, Davion Jennings he goes to Akron. Uh, I forgot my boy um, when I was mentioning some former teammates last episode uh, somebody called called me on that and was like oh you forgot Davion I was like oh shit I was like I f- totally forgot about that but um hey Davion he's a ball player plays for the zips. But yeah, so let's uh, let's get started into the the podcast today. So episode two. um, I hope you enjoyed episode one. It was fun to make. It's fun to figure stuff out. Um, Been doing a lot of research on a lot of different things and with podcasting and stuff like that because it is something I really I am really interested in and it's fun to do. And I know it might not you know tickle everybody's fancy, but it's it's fun for me because it's a It's a hobby for me. It gives me something else to do besides football in school. So it's a nice little getaway. Um, But just want to clear a couple things up. So I did originally start the podcast. Like the idea was just to be Mac football. Um, But I think I'm just going to do just a college football podcast because I don't think there's any active college football player podcast at the moment. Uh, I know that there is a couple NFL ones, uh, busting with the Boys, and then the Kelsey brothers have one. But I haven't heard of a college football player one yet. So, I, I don't know. I figured it would be something new. Mm. Um, but my plan is to just interview college football players, uh, coaches maybe at different schools around the country. Um, I have a lot of friends that aren't just in the MAC. Um, I got dudes that play... And the Mac, obviously, Big Ten, SEC, uh, guys in the Ivy League, um, Pioneer—that's uh, a FCS division. But my whole plan is to start with guys that I know personally, and then hope to move to interview as many as possible, um, using the network of my friends, just like their teammates and coaches and stuff like that. <clears throat> friends. Um, so I can really, you know, broaden this up because if I get a couple of my guys on and get them to talk, then hopefully that, you know, kind of shows everyone else that, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, gives other, gives some other stuff to do. But, uh, before I get started, I feel like you guys should know a little bit more about me. So to give some background on myself. Uh, I went to high school at Archbishop Hoban in Akron, Ohio. Um, Played with a lot of great players. Had a lot of great coaches. Um, I didn't always go to Kent. Uh, Actually, I went to a school called Marist. They're in the Pioneer League um, in Poughkeepsie, New York. For the first semester of freshman year. I'm a second-year freshman, too. But I went there for my first semester. And you know, I was a little, little homesick. So Kent's not that far away from me. It's about twenty minutes. So I was like, oh, I had the opportunity to go to Kent. I was like, might as well take it closer to home. My parents could come see it. Uh, family members, friends, stuff like that. Um, but uh, previously to Kent, uh, high school, you know, I had everyone I think that has uh, that plays high school football deals with injuries and stuff like that so some people's injuries you know aren't horrible and mine weren't terrible but um my senior year during the state championship actually um after the second quarter i hurt my neck um hit face mask face mask with a kid uh stumbled off the field all that good stuff so i went back uh, to the trainers, they're like, "Oh, it's your neck." I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I can't pick my head up." So we wait till halftime. Halftime, you know, came and we started walking across the field to get me to the locker room. <clears throat> so we got back to the locker room, did the whole shebang, you know, checking your neck. Um, but the um, paramedics end up coming in. Uh, they had to cut my jersey off, which sucked. But the nice part is I still have that jersey. Uh, it is cut in half. I do have that framed. <laughs> so I guess that's one positive that came out of it. But so put the, you know, the hard collar on me, put me or send me to the hospital. So I'm at the hospital. They're like, okay, we're well, we're just going to go straight to a CT scan because we know that an x-ray probably won't show us much. So we get a CT scan done. And the doctors come walking back in, and they're like, oh, well, See something pretty interesting on his scan. So we look at the scan, and they're like, Well, Bryce has a split atlas. So, an atlas is the very top vertebrae in the back of your neck, and it's supposed to be one big piece. Mine ended up being split in the top and the front. So. Obviously, right off the bat, that's very nerve-wracking to hear when someone tells you you have a bipartite atlas, which is, you know, split in the front, split in the back. So, immediately, you know, everyone kind of starts like, oh, okay, now what do we do now? Yada, yada. So, they determined that I was born that way while we are still in the hospital. So, they put me in a soft collar, and then um, they sent me home. So, it was like I had a little marshmallow around my neck, but... So I sent home, you know, went to the, went home for a couple of days. Didn't go to school, and then a couple of days later, I went to another doctor, and the other doctor was like, "All right, well, let's get an MRI. Let's see what they what they have, stuff like that." So we get the MRI done, and I get pulled out of the MRI like halfway through the MRI, and while doing this MRI, they're like, "Why aren't you in a hard collar? All this stuff." They start freaking out. So we start going to the emergency room to get a hard collar put on me. So <clears throat> my dad works at that hospital too, and immediately I'm calling him. I'm like, "All right, dude, like, what, what's going on? Like, why, are, why is everyone freaking out? Like, I like I don't like get worked up crazy, but like obviously when people start freaking out about your neck, it's like okay. But it's not like they wanted me in a wheelchair or anything. They were just like, "All right, well something's wrong here, so we need to figure it out." So, my dad calls his boss, who was my doctor, who saw me and wanted me to get the MRI, um, and he gets a picture of my MRI for me. So, obviously, we just saw the CT scan, so that was just bone, MRI shows ligament, all that stuff, fluids. Um, so, we get a picture of the MRI, and the MRI shows that there's fluid around my spinal cord, in between all the bone. So, it's not super um, uncommon to have fluid around there, but like the amount of fluid there was kind of elevated everybody's, um, caution for me. So pretty much we, you know, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to look at it tomorrow with a couple other guys. And so stuff like that. So um, a couple of days went by, went back and saw him They're like, all right, well, we don't think it's Um, we think it's from, like, the injury, but, like, it's nothing that will, you know, hurt him. So, like, all right, well, we'll give it a week or two, and then we're going to start PT. So I do (coughs) some... Probably, I started, like, I did a month of PT, and I was waiting to get cleared because, obviously, it's the senior year. I hadn't signed yet anywhere. I hadn't committed anywhere yet. So I had a bunch of official visits coming up. So pretty much my entirety of playing college football was kinda in the air. So no one really knew what was going on. No one like, you know, had any hard evidence that like, oh yeah, you can play. So the hospital I was going to is a children's hospital in Akron. And so the children's hospital would not clear me. Be cleared by Neuro and I had to be cleared by uh orthopedics. So orthopedics obviously my dad knew the guy, worked with them, is his boss So he wanted to clear me, but the neurologist would not clear me the chair at Children's. So he's like, well, I have a couple friends you guys can go see. So obviously I'm like, all right, yeah, so let's get the disc, yada, yada, you know, send it over. So we make an appointment with, I think his name's Dr. Kirshnani. He's the uh, neurosurgeon and NFL consultant for the Browns. So, I went and saw him like probably two or three weeks later in like January. And keep in mind that I had an official visit to Marist probably three days before this or three days after this appointment. So, (coughs) we go to this appointment, doctor walks in. He's like, Oh, you know, he hadn't even looked at it yet. So, like, he gets in the room. It's the first time seeing it. So, he pulls it up. He's like, Yeah, well, I see that, you know, it's obviously split in half. And we're like, oh, have you seen that before? He's like, yeah, like a handful of times. Like this dude's been a doctor for like 40, 50 years. And this is like his fourth or fifth time ever seeing it. And I think it was either his like first or second time seeing it, even in person. But pretty much we are looking at it. And like when you look up Bipartite Atlas online, like there's not much literature on it. A lot of it is just, um, like, rugby players and stuff like that. But it's all, like, from a long, long time ago. So, um, like, I think, like, the latest one there had been was, like, 2014 or maybe even earlier than that, um, late or early teens. But um, so he's looking at it. He's like, well, there's, you still have the ligament that's connecting both bones, So I feel like you're good to go. So I'm going to clear you, but you're going to need to do, like, a lot of PT. Like, you got to build your traps. you got to build your neck muscles, you know, your chest, your back. Like, everything around your neck has to be amazing for you you to be able to play. So I was like, okay. So obviously that's a little scary as a player, you know. You have an injury like that. You're not really sure what's going to happen. Um, stuff like that and then they throw a curveball at you and then they're like oh yeah this is a 0.001 percent of the world's population has this injury so when you hear stuff like that you know it's not it's not the most settling news you can hear as an athlete but I think it definitely um, changed who I am today and just how I go about things because you know everybody says it you never know when your last play is going to be but legit that could have been my last play ever so I think I definitely still carry a piece of that with me every day especially when I practice and stuff like that but so I ended up going on the official visit and me and my mom decided like we were going to go on that official visit no matter what because I still wanted to experience one but I ended up really liking Marist from the official visit and they never knew about the injury. I never really told him about that. But um, so I went through the official visit like that. Ended up committing to the school. It's like, oh, yeah, I can see myself playing here. Did all that stuff. Good academics, good team, good coaches, stuff like that. And um, obviously I signed uh, whatever national signing day was in February that year. Um, so, so I signed. I signed. And, obviously, I'm doing a bunch of, you know, uh, what do I want to say? Doing a bunch of PT. You know, I did, I think I ended up doing PT for, like, five or six months into the summer um, till like, May or June. So graduate, you know, do all that stuff, grad party, you know, all that fun stuff. So my summer goes by. Obviously, you know. Your summer going to college You know you got a lot of friends leaving A lot of friends staying home Stuff like that So in the back of my mind It's just like all right, I need to prep for school So like it's just a lot of P- Like doing the stuff I was doing at PT at home Making sure my neck's the best it could be Preparing for school um, Make sure I have all that stuff But I think we got We got on Maris first week of August And obviously Like all that like fall camp you don't start off like just smoking each other off the bat. But in the back of my head the entire time, it's like I have not been in contact with anyone since my injury. I haven't hit anyone. I haven't tackled anybody, stuff like that. So obviously in the back of my head, I'm kind of not like worried about it. It's crazy, but like obviously you're going to be worried about it. Like you're always going to be thinking about it. Like I've had two shoulder surgeries And, you know, first time you get out there since you have surgery, you think about it. I mean, it's just normal human nature to think about stuff like that. But we get out there, I'm hitting, I'm like, oh, this feels good. And, like, my neck doesn't hurt because, like, sometimes I'd wake up stiff during the summer just from different things. And um, But, like, I didn't have any of that pain or anything that I had dealt with, you know, prior. So... Obviously, went through camp, never had problems, Uh, got to the game, like the season didn't have issues, but there came a time and point during the season where I was like really battling with myself and my head because it was like mares from my house is seven hours away, and I'm a big family guy, so obviously not – being not being able to see my parents come to my games and stuff like that really started to get to me. And there became a point in time where I just did not want to be there anymore. And I didn't feel like I could fully give them, you know, like what I was capable of. Um, I was obviously um, battling, you know, that, those mental problems, but so I came home, surprised my parents, like half through September. And I had just started to think about that for like half of the season. And I was like, huh, I'm like this, like, I'm just not happy. And I didn't really say anything to my parents then. But once I came home for Thanksgiving break, I cracked a lot of jokes like, oh, man, Ken sounds really good right now, um, just stuff like that. And they never really caught on until I started, like, being really serious about it. And I'm like, no, mom and dad, like, it's time. Like, I don't I don't want to be here anymore. So, like, okay, like, obviously, like, your parents are going to – my parents are going to argue with me from being seven hours away and wanting to come closer. You know, there's a lot of other things that I could have told them that would have made them upset. But me telling them that I want to come back to Ohio – especially closer to home, um, I think made them happy. So I ended up not going back after Thanksgiving break until finals. So I had an extra long, uh, Thanksgiving break compared to everybody else. I was like, man, I'm like, I just don't want to go home. (laughs) I just don't want to go back to Marist. I was like, I just want to stay here. So I went back for finals. I went back a week before finals because there was a lot of classes like that I couldn't miss. Like I had a lab and stuff like that. But so I ended up, you know, going back, finishing my finals. And then a teammate of mine that's plays for Marist, Keyshawn, me and him drove back. Um, He helped me pack my car. So obviously when you are, you know, playing football – Or any college sport, for that matter, you have to go into the transfer portal. And I had a couple friends that had been the transfer portal before, but they're going like big schools and stuff like that. Like I was coming from Marist, which is an FCS non-scholarship, like stuff like that. So it's a little bit more difficult for me. But so like right off the rip, um, I got a lot of Division two reaching out to me and stuff like that but actually when i ended up flying home because i did it i didn't do it like i did it after i put my name in the day after our season ended so it was like mm, like second week in november so i did it then because i was like i need to get this done before i leave for thanksgiving because like what if coaches want me to come out what if You know, a coach wants me to come on a visit, and I'm, like, still in New York. So I'm in the car ride home, or I'm in the car ride from Marist to LaGuardia, and I'm in the car. It's, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, and Coach Farrell reached out to me. He was like, hey, we saw you are in the transfer portal. You know, are you interested in Kent? And I'm, like, my heart dropped. And, like, I was, like, oh, my God, like, this could not work out any better for me and i was super excited and i called my mom my mom thought something happened like getting to the airport i was like no mom like, like one of the Ken- the kent say d line coach reached out to me about you know checking out kent so my mom was ecstatic and it's like all we talked about during thanksgiving and then around thanksgiving obviously deon sanders got the job at colorado so a lot of stuff started to happen in the portal. So a lot of guys were, like, jumping ship, you know, because who doesn't want to play for, you know, Deion Sanders. So about a week probably later, I hear that Coach Lewis, who was the head coach at Kent, was going to be the offense coordinator at Colorado. So in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I, you know, like, this might all be thrown up in the air for me now, so now I'm really starting to freak out, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm like, Coach Lewis is gone, I'm like, so whoever else they bring in, you know, might cut all the coaches, so, like, but keep in mind, like, Coach Farrell played there, and he's been a coach there for a long time, since, I think since he played, he's been a coach there, but i didn't know this information at the time so like the entire month of december it was quiet because they hadn't figured out a coach yet so then all of a sudden one day i see on twitter that they found a coach and i was like okay so i was like they found their guy so now let's see what he does with all the other coaches So, he, I'm, like, scrolling on Twitter. I keep refreshing. I keep sending Coach Farrell messages on Twitter. I'm not hearing anything back, which was expected. I didn't expect to hear from him until there was some more stapability in his job. But, like, still, like, sending messages every day. Trying to get on top of his, you know, Twitter messages. He'd open it up and he'd see my name. But I know there's got to be millions of guys, you know, DMing him. High school, college, other coaches maybe. But. Uh, that that kind of freaked me out because I wasn't sure because he was the only coach that had reached out to me prior. So eventually one day uh, they started to put out tweets of who they're keeping and like what position they were going to be at and stuff. So I see on Twitter one day and it says Colin Farrell, D-line and uh, associate head coach. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, he's staying. So then my heart kind of, you know, slowed down. I was like, okay, so he has his job there. So there's still hope for me to go to Kent. So after that, I was like, okay, now I just got to wait for him to hear. Now I got to wait to hear from him because a new head coach might have different thoughts on different players they're recruiting before stuff like that might not, you know, have that spot that I did. So one day I'm sitting in my family room and I get a phone call from a what was it New Jersey number or something or New York and I'm like and he's like oh this is Coach Farrell I'm like oh my God I'm like Coach like this is amazing because I wasn't sure what was gonna happen with you and I wasn't sure what position I was gonna be in you know with all this stuff because like keep in mind this is like the first week of January he's getting back to me so I had been in the portal at this point for like a month and a half ish. So in like I talked to other coaches, I'd been on other visits, but like, I was like, I really want Ken state to work out. So he was like, Oh man, sorry, buddy. Like, it's just been crazy trying to get, you know, hold of everything. And then just a new staff, uh, figure out who's doing what now. So eventually he's like, all right, well, we're going to bring you on a visit. So like I go out, the visit I think I went on the I went on the visit uh, the weekend right before school started so I went on Saturday and school started Tuesday so we had like 24 hours like turnaround like I had to move in get like all my stuff together stuff like that and thankfully I'd already applied and got accepted and stuff like that um but he reaches out to me and then a lot of stuff happened really fast um You know, people reaching out to me, stuff like that. You know, need different information. So, I went on my visit, loved it. Um, So, we started football on Monday. And it's been coasting from there. I've really enjoyed the transition. And, you know, a lot of people said that the transfer portal was scary. And it was. Um, Obviously, I had my fair share of scares. Um, But it all worked out in the end um you know everything ended up the way it was supposed to be i'm in the right place um you know with the right people i have teammates on my team like from high school so all the kent stuff ended up working out and what we just wrapped up week or we're like halfway through week eight i think at the moment and we got 13 days till our first spring ball practice so um, Kent's been nothing but good to me, um, especially all the coaches he brought in. Strength coach is great. Um, defense coordinator is good. So, like, everything on my side ended up working out, thankfully. But, I mean, there is a lot of guys out there. You hear stories. They get lost in the transfer portal. And I didn't want to be one of those kids. Like, that was scary for me because I'm like I'm, – it's not like I'm coming from Ohio State trying to get to Kent. Like, I'm coming from a lower division school and trying to go up to play a bigger division, bigger schools, stuff like that. So it was definitely scary to me in those aspects, but obviously it all worked out in the end and I am completely happy with Kent. But now that all that stuff, you know, is out of the way, you know, a little background story, how I got to Kent, um, all, all my little hurdles and stuff like that. Um, so currently I'm doing this podcast in Kent State's podcasting studio for right now. But my goal is to get my own gear, my own microphones, my own mixer. I can use my laptop. Stuff like that because at the moment, you know, I'm recording it. It's going to the computer and then I gotta edit it on a computer at school. I can't edit on my laptop. So I'm in it on the computer at my school and then I have to upload it somewhere else and then I have to download that upload. So it's it's a little bit of a pain at the moment. And I think, you know, it'll eventually get to the point where I can just do it myself and then get my own stuff. But for the moment, um, I'm doing it. at Kent, And then um, I want to get a co-host. I would really enjoy someone else to talk because I'm sure all you guys want to do is just hear my voice. And it's always good to have another voice in the mix. Um, cause you know, you know, you get into points where you just don't know what to talk about and it's just like, Oh, you know, he wants to say something then it's good. But, and then, but the only thing is, um, the nice part, cause what I want to do, obviously I just want to interview other college guys. Um, and get their, you know, aspects on the game. But if I get it that way, then I feel like it'll be nicer because then I have, it's me, a co-host, and then um, obviously the other player or somebody I know. So it'll make conversation a little bit easier. So that's in the works at the moment. But until I get there, it's just going to be me. And then once I figure something out, obviously I will, um, you guys will be the first ones to know because you guys listen. But I hope you enjoyed episode two. Uh, There's not much else to say. You guys kind of know a little bit about me. Uh, So if you guys could, you know, you know, you enjoy the podcast, share it with a friend. Um, That'd be greatly appreciated just so I can just kind of get the outreach to other people. But uh, once again, I just want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys have a great week.